When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please, let me inherit a double share of your spirit. Elijah responded, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. He picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? When he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is 2 Kings chapter 2. It's Tuesday, so we're going through the Old Testament, and uh, right now you are journeying with me through my own readings of the Old Testament, and we've been going through the Samuel books and now the Kings books here, and now we're in 2 Kings, and we've come to the end of Elijah. Elijah the prophet, considered one of the greatest prophets, if not the greatest prophet in all of Israel next to Moses. And it's time for Elijah to leave. And there's there's three things that I always have noticed with this story. Uh, number one, uh, the part that I didn't read uh, near the beginning of chapter two here, is that everyone knows that Elijah's time is up. Even the other prophets, the prophets in Bethel and Jericho, they keep saying, do you not know? that today the Lord will take your master away from you. And Elisha had to keep on saying, yes, I know, shut up. <laughs> I know it. Stop reminding me. And then uh, Elijah kept on telling Elisha, stay here for the Lord has sent me to such and such a place. And Elisha kept saying, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. The picture that we're painted here is that Elisha was fulfilling his calling at that time, fulfilling his vocational call at that time. He was not called to be Elijah yet. He was not called to be a prophet on his own. He was called to be the apprentice to Elijah. That was his calling above everything else. And he was sticking with it. He was sticking with it. He was going with Elijah wherever he was going, regardless of the fact that Elijah was going to be gone. He was clinging to his calling. He was clinging to his master. He, he was being fully devoted to what it was that God had called him to, which was to serve Elijah and to learn from him. There's a lesson there for us, right? Being fully devoted and called uh, by God to a particular t thing and holding on to it, being connected to it, uh, saying that this is going to be our thing. We're, we're I'm going to do this, Lord, because you've called me to do this. There's this, this stick to it, even when things seem like they're the most bleak. How often it is that uh, if things don't turn out the way we want them to, we just give up. Or if we don't get the number of people that we want to come to something, we give up. Or when a particular ministry starts to get hard, or a particular vocation starts to get hard, we just give up instead of realizing that, you know what? God has called you to this, even in this worst of worst scenarios. 
God has called you. Secondly, the second thing that I always notice here is that Elijah turns to his apprentice, to Elisha, and he wants to give him one more gift before he leaves. And he, and he says, uh, tell me what I may do for you before I'm taken from you. And I love Elisha's response. He says, please, let me inherit a double portion or a double share of your spirit. Now, many people see this as Elisha being greedy, that he wants to be greater than Elijah, that he wants uh, more power, that he wants to be impressive, that he wants to be awesome, that, you know, all these different things. But I read it here and I read uh, the reaction of Elijah. You've asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted to you. If not, it will not. I, I look at this and I see Elisha going, I'm not ready. I'm not as good as you, Elijah. I, I, I don't have the same gifts. I don't have the same abilities. Can God give me twice as much spiritual power as he's given you? Can God give me twice as much faith as he has given you? Because I need it. I'm spiritually poor. My faith is weak. I know that all that I'm going to be able to do for the Lord is whatever he does through me. And I need a double portion of what you have in order to do that. There's a sense of humility there. And I think that's what is the most difficult is that he was ready to come to Elijah and say, I'm weak, I'm small. I need more than what God has given you in order to be at all successful in what it is that God has called me to do. And then lastly, I find it interesting that the declaration that Elisha makes at the river, right? He takes off Elijah's mantle. It's still called Elijah's mantle. It's not called Elisha's mantle. It's still Elijah's. And he touches the water, which is something that that Elijah had done previously in the chapter to part the river so they could walk across on dry land. Um, and he says, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And there's this question of doubt, right? Maybe that's why he asked for a double portion, right? He has doubts. He's, he's asking, where's God in this? And notice that he doesn't say, where's my God? He says, where is the God of Elijah, right? Church, it's it, beloved, it's, we always see doubt as a horrible thing. And yes, we want to have faith. We want to be able to trust. We want to be able to cling to God. But at the same time, doubts are going to be there. There's going to be worries. We're going to pray for God to give us a sign of some kind. And, and he does quite often in his, in his word, he speaks to us. In the sacraments, he gives us things that we might hold to understand that God is faithful to us. And so many times yet though we forget and we don't know. And so Elijah does this and the, and the waters are parted and he's reminded, well, God is present at all times. But even for Elisha, taking over for Elijah, he has to learn, even during that time, that God is his God, not just Elijah's. There's a lesson there too 
church, that you're never done having God be your God. You're always going to be in need of him to be made known to you as who he is, as your God. My prayers for you this week are that that would be opened up to you. That maybe for some of you, God and Christ, Jesus, your Savior, the one who has given himself for you on that cross and risen in order to prove that what he has done for you is true. Maybe there's still movement for you to make that he might be yours. Know that he is. He's given himself fully to you. God is your God. He's declared it to you. May this week somehow, may God show that to you in some way. I pray that that would be so for you. Let us pray. O Lord, we beseech thee that thy continual pity cleanse and defend thy church, and because it cannot continue in safety without thy succor, preserve it evermore by thy help and goodness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We'll go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll see you tomorrow.